0: Thank you for listening to the Father Goodrich Sermon Podcast. If you are subscribed, take a moment to subscribe now. We hope these sermons will give you insight and inspiration for wherever you are on your journey of faith. Now, this episode's message. So, I'm in St. Mary's Cathedral in Dublin, Ireland. It's a weekday. There are a good amount of people inside the cathedral. Some are lighting candles. Some are the pews praying. Some are taking in the architecture. And so I light a candle, and I close my eyes, and I silently pray that God will use me, will use my ministry to make a greater impact in the world. It's... A spiritual moment. It's a holy moment, or so I think. Soon as I open my eyes, this woman asks me for help. I'm annoyed. That's my gut reaction, and I try to tell her to go to the computer office or. She pesters me, she follows me all around the cathedral, and finally, begrudgingly, I help her in a small way. (laughs) Do you see the irony of this situation? I had just prayed that God would use me to make a greater difference in the world, and God gave me an opportunity to do that instantly, right after my prayer. But I missed the opportunity. I struck out at the place of neighborly love. I missed my chance to be a good Samaritan. Jesus' earthly preaching ministry over the centuries has hit several hit singles on the pulpit charts. But the parable of the good Samaritan might just be Jesus' number one hit single. The most preached about, most listened to, the most life changing teaching of his entire ministry. I mean, we're talking mega multi platinum, folks. Due respect to Taylor Swift, a tip of the hat to Elvis Presley. Thank you, thank you very much. But the parable of the Good Samaritan has brought Jesus to the time the heavenly king of rock and roll, the all-time record-breaker, the ultimate superstar. But why? Why? This parable bothers me. It annoys me. It humiliates me. Now, I really sympathize with the lawyer in, And by lawyer, it does not mean objection, your honor. It means a lawyer of religious law, an expert in the religious law of first century Israel, which was based on the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And so this lawyer, who I sympathize with for a bit, asked Jesus a question to this effect. How do I live my earthly life in order to inherit eternal life? Does Jesus answer the guy's question? No. He tosses it back to the Torah expert and says, Well, what do you think? And the expert answers in this way, Luke ten twenty-seven. Perhaps you've heard these words before. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Luke ten twenty seven. Does Jesus like this answer? I mean, the lawyer is only quoting the Old Testament. Does Jesus like the answer? Yes, he does. He gives a thumbs up. He approves. He says, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. Now, this lawyer is a smart guy. A smart guy. He understands that this great commandment to love will have big implications for how he lives his daily life. This lawyer understands that this great commandment to love means that to truly worship God he has to love people. And to truly love people he has to love God. The Lord understands that this great commandment to love means that he's going to have to go out of his way. He's going to have to be willing to be inconvenient sometime for his neighbor, to love his neighbor. And so quite logically, maybe with a little anxiety, he wants to know, who is my neighbor? Sitting at home, when you're sitting at work, when you're sitting with your friends, when you're sitting scrolling social media, when you're sitting watching the television. Who is your neighbor? While you're thinking about that, we'll pause for a little joke. And I want to stress the word little. So, Talking to Tammy at the bar. And Tammy says, You know, I'm just not looking to be involved with one particular guy right now, Al. And Al says, Well, Tammy, I'll be for you. I'm not particularly known for being particular. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, gotta. Yeah. I am not particularly known for telling good jokes, so let's move on from the bar and get back to our neighbor along the side of the road. What particularly bothers me about this parable is not how Jesus crushes ethnic and spiritual stereotypes. It's not how Jesus establishes mercy as the basis of living a life um, derived from God's law. And the fact that Samaritans and Jews didn't get along in the first century, and that Jesus makes the outsider, the foreigner, the Samaritan, the hero of the story, that doesn't bother me. In fact, all of that stuff sounds to me like good news. If it sounds like good news to you, raise your hand. All that stuff sounds like good news to me. What bothers me about this parable is Levites. And the priest. How many times have I left my neighbor on the side of the road and just kept walking on the permeable road of life? How about you? And what really gets me about this parable, I don't know if you noticed this, but notice that the good Samaritan is not on a mission trip. The good Samaritan has not, you know, allocated some time in his schedule to say, "Help from the neighborhood cleanup." This is not planned for compassion. This is not. He has his own responsibilities and relationships. He has things to do and people to see. He's probably traveling on business. And this guy who's dying on the side of the road is too. He could have just walked past like the Levite and the priest. I and mean, he's a Samaritan. No one would have expected him to stop. But he stops. Inconveniences himself. And shows mercy to his cultural enemy. This parable bothers me. This parable annoys me. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm busy and I have a schedules schedule and I'm going about the things I have to do and I'm presented by someone who has some need, sometimes I find that to be a little stressful. Like, hey, i got stuff going on. Now, if it's someone I know or have a connection with, Okay, that's usually, you know, that's usually all right. But if someone I don't know, or someone I don't like, cultural enemy or not, that's a lot harder. Often I do not define them as my neighbor. In fact, I often say, my reaction is, don't see them, not my neighbor, not my problem. This parable humiliates me. Despite all my prayers and my affirmations to be a Christian, whether I'm in Dublin or Davenport, I am not always quick to pause my life to show mercy. Am I the only person with this struggle? Anybody else? See a few brave hands. So what does it mean if we struggle with this? Pausing our life in the midst of the hecticness, in the midst of the commitment to show mercy. What does it mean if we struggle with it? It means we need more of grace and power and spirit filling us. And that's one of the things that happens when we come to the altar. When we receive Holy Communion, there's a grace, there's a power, and a strength. And thankfully, we worship a merciful God. But with that grace and with that strength, and with a firm resolve on your part and mine, and by encouraging one another, you and I can leave this place to go and love and serve the Lord by stopping to show mercy to our neighbor in need, whoever they are, and however inconvenient that might be for us. That's Christianity. That's Christianity. Right there. Stop down the road of life to help someone in need. The parable of the Good Samaritan might just be Jesus' all time number one hit single. So live its lyrics in your daily life. As Jesus said, And you will live. Amen. Father Goodrich here. I hope this message blessed you in some way. Remember, faith isn't limited to one hour a week. Faith is about our whole lives, everything we do, every day of the week. So, live well.